What's oh? How ironic is this? Notice how it's a hump day, and Alvin Delore was nowhere to be found. Hump day. What a dink. Welcome to the program. Check it out if you're watching on CBS Sports Network. Let me take you behind the glass. Look who is sitting in Alvin's chair. If you're watching on TV, that is Jack Savage. It's Jack Savage. He's popping his own soundbite. That's Jack Savage. I'm Jim Rome. Welcome to the program. No, Alvy is not here. And James, in, James, my man, let me save you the uh, trouble. I don't know if it's his annual procreation day. I don't know what Alvin's doing. I don't know what's up. I just know that he's not here. And Jack Savage is being asked to do the impossible. Follow a legend. But Jack's up for it. He's young. He's fearless. He'll do the best he can. So, first things first, it's a hump day and Alby's not here. How ionic. Tell Funner Bridge toll free. Let me lay it out for you. Good show for you. With or without Alby, we have a good show. 1 8. Hey, listen, the bonus is Alby's not here. We lose quite a bit with that. No offense, Jack. But Cindy is here in the back row. So, you got the XR4TI changing up on this hump day. 1 8. Zero zero six three six eight six eight six. I've got an idea where you want to go with it. And you should have an idea as to whether or not I want you to go that way with it. We'll see how it goes. You know, I'm talking in code right now and you know exactly what I'm saying. One eight zero zero six three six eight six eight six. Wakey wakey clones. Also hit me up on the X. It's a good place to be. Hey, Jack, you're on it, yo. I like it. Do what you got to do, Jack. And by that, I mean do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. Hit me up at Jim Rome on the X. You can also email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. The interviews are as follows. Coming up, Bo Zooms. I like that. At 940 Pacific Time, K.J. Wright, former Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, 11 years in the NFL. He'll be joining us. KJ Wright, 940. Top of our number three. Really good coach. Head coach at Tulane, Willie Fritz. Also via Zoom. Second hour is wide open. And because it's a Wednesday, we got the ATP. Start dialing. Get up in here. Let's do it. All right, so where to start? How about with you, Cleveland? Cleveland! Cleveland! This is for you! And this is for you, Cleveland, and it is not good. I didn't have to ask Jack for the slow-mo. Uh-oh. Cleveland, this is for you, and it's not good, and uh-oh. C-Town, listen. You know I love you. Just like I love Buffalo. Two of my all-time favorite markets. Two of my all-time favorite sports towns. Two of my all-time favorite fan bases. Believe me, I don't wake up in the morning and think to myself, how can I pile on Buffalo today? How can I clown Cleveland this morning? Nothing can be further from the truth. I love both these towns and their fans. The jungle would not be what it is without Buffalo and Cleveland. Fact. Truth. So, nothing would make me happier than to hit you all with some good news. Like, all the time. It's just that your football teams make that extremely difficult, right? If not impossible. And now more than ever, and given their respective histories, that's saying a hell of a lot, right? For the second day in a row, we have to start with your misery. 
Yesterday was the rough day for the Bills Mafia. Today, it is your turn, Cleveland. Just when you thought it was safe to get hyped, just when you thought it was okay to actually feel good about the Browns, maybe even feel great about the Browns, maybe even convince yourself they were a legitimate contender. And I don't mean for the division. I mean for the conference championship. I mean for a trip to the Super Bowl. I mean that. Just fresh off one of the best wins that any team has had in the NFL this season. Fresh off Deshaun Watson's best performance as a Brown. Right when you thought that it was safe to dive in that pool, head first and fully clothed like they always encourage you to do, just when you convinced yourself you really were a contender in the AFC. And by the way, with that defense, you probably are. After all of that, the Browns roll out this morning, they turn around, and they drop a nuke on the X at Cleveland Browns tweets or X's. Quote, Deshaun Watson will undergo season-ending surgery on a broken bone in his throwing shoulder. I got to say, like, I mean, shut him down. Let's go home. He's done. Again. He's done. Again. It brings me no joy. I'm not looking to pile on. It hurts me just as much as it hurts you. But Cleveland, say it with me. Oh. It's not even that same shoulder injury he's been dealing with for most of the season. It's a new right shoulder injury that he has sustained in the first half on Sunday. One of two new injuries that he sustained on separate plays in the first half. Yet somehow, despite having a busted wing and a bum ankle, this dude goes 14 for 14 in the second half to come back and beat maybe the single hottest team in the league with maybe the single best defense in the league. This is what I mean. You you were finally getting hyped and had a reason to be, and now his year is done. And if his year is done, is your year done? Maybe, but maybe not. I'll get to that in a minute. But why don't we talk about the guy, you know, the elephant in the room, the creep in the room, the contract. We're two years in to that five-year, $230 million Fully guaranteed contract, and the guys played a total of 12 games. Amazing what the largest guaranteed contract in the history of the Shield will buy these days. And you know, it's not just the money. It's not just the money, although that's a really big deal. Let's not forget how much they gave up to get this guy. Let's not forget how much they gave up in order to give him all that ridiculous money. Three first-round picks and additional picks just for the right to throw down all that guaranteed money. Don't forget about that. It's not just the money, although it is about the money. Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, this idea, man, it just keeps looking better and better and better and better for you guys. Ah! Sure it doesn't. Good job, Jack. Way to be on that. How'd that feel, Jack? Jack's like, I felt great. Did it? Do it again. Ah, there you go. How'd that feel? Was that as good as the first time? 
All right, so, you know, it totally makes sense in kind of a weird, sick, twisted Browns kind of way that the lowest point of the Watson era in Cleveland came only a few days after the highest point of the Watson era in Cleveland. Right when Watson was starting to actually look a little bit like the dude that we used to know, right when he was finally starting to actually play pretty well, right when he was starting to look like the guy they thought they were getting, bam, do it again, Jack, done. According to Tom Pelissero, it also was not Watson's preference to shut it down at Tom Pelissero. Quote, Browns QB Deshaun Watson wanted to show up and play through the injuries, and he sought multiple medical opinions per sources. But doctors were clear if he got hit again in the same spot, the shoulder could fall apart. Now surgery awaits, and his 2023 season is over. End of quote. Damn. Dude, his shoulder could fall apart like it could just be eviscerated, like it could just blow apart. Can you imagine one direct shot in that same spot, and it could just disintegrate? My man's shoulder could just disintegrate. Yeah, that doesn't sound very ominous. That does not sound very ominous, ominous or anything. Ominous. Man, that's ominous as hell. Oh, Jack Savage! You didn't do that! Dude, how ominous of you. Onomatopoeia. Listen... You might want to shut that guy down, considering how much money you still owe him. Like 138 mil over the next three seasons. I know you've got to look at the Super Bowl this year. They were that good. They honestly were that good and that hot, and it was coming together. But do you really want to risk that guy's arm disintegrating when you're still on the hook for like 46 mil per guaranteed? You want to knock somebody, knock the dudes whose idea it was to go down that road with this guy in the first place. Because Barry and Stefanski and ownership orchestrated one of the single worst trades in NFL history and chased that with one of the worst contracts in NFL history. And they're both looking worse and worse by the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would what, that have to do with anything, dude? Totally trashed. Mm-hmm. Why, why are we going there? Oh, trash moves, Jack. Oh, I see. Uh, that, but that was LT talking about being totally trashed. Mm-hmm. Not trash moves, but being totally trashed. Yeah, I know I know you don't, Jack. I know you don't. Jack's like, I, I don't know all the context. I don't know. Anyway, do your thing, dude. It's fine. I'm not. It's, it's a hard job I'm asking you to do. You're fine. I take it back. You're right, dude. That was a perfect time for totally trashed. Mm-hmm. If all of that was not already a big big enough kick in the stick, and if that didn't make Cleveland and their front office look bad enough, remember this. The Browns were the ones who started off the season with the pastronaut himself. Remember that. Joshua Dobbs. Never forget, Josh Dobbs spent most of training camp in Cleveland Who would have ever possibly predicted the ripple-ripple effect that trading that dude would have? Turns out, 
that one end of a camp trade for a fifth round pick had massive implications for three different NFL franchises. Turns out that ripple effect became more of a tidal wave. And now instead of having Dobbs to turn to, now the Browns' season is going to fall on the likes of P.J. Walker and a fifth-round rookie in DTR. Or maybe they go out. Maybe they go out and try and bring somebody in. Maybe somebody tries to lob Johnny Idiot Face a call. Or Brandon Whedon. Or Tim Couch. Hey, Browns fan, you know I'm not piling on. I understand. I understand you. I love you. I understand this is straight up excruciating. I understand the agony because the rest of the team looks so damn good. Fact of the matter is there is so much to like about the Browns. Again, again, they are really good. Like Super Bowl contender good. They're 6-3 and three with wins over the Bengals, the Niners, the Ravens, and remember, they already lost their best player. They've been doing all of this without Nick Chubb, which is why I can try to spin this. Because I like you so much, I could try and spin this for you a little bit, Browns fan. You've stayed extremely competitive without Chubb, who's a monster. You beat the Niners without Watson. Impressive. The defense is still absolutely incredible. All three levels. And now you can root for your quarterback without feeling any guilt whatsoever. Although I'm assuming most of you didn't feel guilty, but you should have. Now you can root for a quarterback without any guilt. Root for a dude who's not a creep. Not a great player, but at least not a creep. Yeah, like I hope all that guaranteed jack and all that guaranteed trade capital that you gave up and all that bad PR was worth it, Browns management. Although I know it wasn't. But let me say this in defense of this guy. At least the creep does not constantly bomb into your life on social media with an extremely next level of creepiness. Unlike some other incredibly creepy and disgraced NFL icons, no names mentioned looking at you, Juice and Thal. Cleveland's got it bad enough, clones. They do not need you running up in here to comp their creep to that murderer. Being a creep is bad. Really bad. But it's one thing. Being a murderer is another. And you know what's different than being a murderer? Being a double murderer. And if you count Bill Walsh, allegedly... A triple murderer. Anyway, this particular topic at the top of the program has got nothing to do with, quote, granddaddy issues. As much as you'd like to think that the two are practically one and the same, they are not. You'd be surprised how many girls got father issues and granddaddy issues. (laughs) Hey, Jack, take it easy, brah. My bad, my friend. I'm sorry. Jack. Jack, how much coffee did you have this morning, dude? Take it easy, man. Don't be firing sound drops of Oge when we may not even talk about Oge. When knowing me, we won't talk about Oge. 
You have the kids. See, this is the problem. If I had a take, you know, like if he if he were to search for the real killers, or if he had done it, better, better yet, if he had done it, we know he's searching for the real killers. If I had done it, by Hypothetical. me, if I had a take on this, Jack, it would actually include you in a way. Because Oge is allegedly saying he's getting down. He's getting down with young co-eds, which brings me to you, Jack. It's the younger generation. The younger generation doesn't think that anything that happened before, say, 2001 actually happened. So they glorify it. So they deify it. Like, can you imagine how twisted you'd have to be to lie down with Oge? But the people who are allegedly doing it, the ones that he says he's betting with D's, not T's, betting, getting down with, they're co-eds, they're young, and it's because they actually see him as some sort of social media celebrity because they're young. They don't see the grisly double murder that he committed because they didn't live through it because they probably weren't even born yet. That's you, Jack. That's why you can't wait to fire those sound drops, Jack. This is nothing to make light of. Settle down, bro. I I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, on the one hand, I'm telling you, do what you want to do. It's a hard job. But on the other time, I'm saying, don't do that. Don't do that. There you go. All right, so it's all right, dude. You're already better at it than, say, the big head ever was. And he had a lot more reps. Sorry about that, head. Not sorry. 1-800-636-8686. Let's see if we got a little reaction. Jamie in Green Bay. Jamie in Green Bay. You know, Jamie in Green Bay is one of those guys where he's not, like, incredible, but he's consistently good. So I want to acknowledge that. Consistency matters. He writes, when Joachim Noah said Cleveland is all factories, he didn't mention they're all factories of sadness and business is booming. It's all factories. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. Play it all. Wakey, wakey, Jack. I don't know about this place, man. I just stayed in my hotel room, man. Every time I look out my window, it's, it's pretty depressing out here, man. It's bad. It's bad. So you don't, you're not going out? No. No going out in Cleveland, man. It's all factories. It's all factories. But as Jamie said, he didn't mention what kind of factories. He said they were factories, all factories, but not factories of sadness and business is booming. You know it's bad when an NBA player won't leave his hotel room, especially back then. Hey, Van Sizzle. Hey, Van Sizzle. That Deshaun Watson contract was a wise investment, signed Jimbo Fisher, doubling down on Blockbuster stock, and the actual XR4TI. Andy from Denver, fair. The actual XR4TI, the car, Hideous investment. I was so upside down on that car. Yeah, I'll never, ever, ever forget after I took it in one of the last times and every single time the service folks would see me coming in. And because I was younger and not so mature, I was just pissed. I was so furious because there was always something wrong with the car. And they'd laugh. <laughs> Rome, what indicator lights on now, bro? What's wrong with the car now, bro? And they, they just knew. It just enraged me. 
And I just kept going for it, taking the cheese, taking the cheese. I finally got the nerve one day. I'm like, hey, man, I know this is funny to you, but hit me with the blue book value of that car, if you don't mind, because I got to get the hell out from underneath this. This is weighing me down. It's keeping me up at night. What is the blue book value of that XR4TI, which is only like three years old? This guy goes, let me look at it. Let me look it up for you. He goes, 3500 bucks. I'm like, 3500 bucks for the XR4TI. He's like, right. What do you owe on it, Rome? I'm like, I don't know, 15 gur. Yeah, not funny. Andy from Denver. All right, when we come back. Wait a minute. Here's something for you, Jack. At Speed Maven, writes, Jack Savage is brutal. Correcting the host? He's got bigger cojones than Tua. Cojones. Hey, man, they don't call him Savage because he's tame. He's not Jack timid. He's not Jack tame. He's not Jack afraid. He's Jack Savage. We don't blast the JC blast because he's Jack lame or Jack tame. Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. It's Jack Savage. There you go. Hey, don't sleep on Cindy in the back row. Jesus Christ, it's Cindy. She's got it's Savage. Savage is out of control. And this is the opening segment. Can you imagine where this guy's going to be like by hour two? I love it. All right, other topics. You know what? I got to admit, I was one of those guys who was not really all about the in-season tournament for the association. Yeah, well, I am now. I am now. If this is what we're going to get from that in-season tournament, I'm all about it. Fight night. Did you check that out last night? It was incredible. Call. Call now. 1-800-636-8686. Good job, Jack. Eight more segments. Well done. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Do not compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windshield. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you choose from their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. They will even install them free of charge. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So you written clones are way out ahead of you calling clones. Get on the phone. Make a difference. I've got KJ Wright coming up next segment. Got a sports update coming up right before then. In the meantime, some more reaction. Hey, Jim, I love the show every day, but especially on hump day and especially when the lead topic is getting nice with co-eds. Signed, Pervin Liar. 250, 250. That was, quote, inevitable. Vince in Illinois. War hump day. Hey, Mr. Rome, these Browns fans need not worry. Your offense can be the joke of the league, and you can still have a winning record by putting it all on your defense. Signed, Matt Nova Scotia. Tiny digit picket. And that arrogant bag and DPR. 
O-Y, runner-up, T.J. Watt. Signed, Will W. Dude, why are you going to crack back on T.J. Watt? What's that guy ever done to anybody other than dominate the game? Other than be an amazing player? Other than opposing quarterbacks, who has he ever harmed? Rome. We think the Browns are going to be fine without their star quarterback. They are still Super Bowl contenders. They should be fine. Best Jets fans. J-E-T-S. Eric Jets, in the Jets, Rock. Jets is not hard to spell. Hey, Eric. Is that you, Eric in Castle Rock? Are you now just calling yourself Eric in the Rock? He makes a good point, though, doesn't he? Like Browns fans, if you want to convince yourself, we got DTR. We have upside. We have energy. We have fresh legs. We'll be fine. We'll let the defense carry the day. Yeah, I don't know. That Jets defense looks pretty damn good. And your quarterback looks pretty horrible. Jets fans, I mean. And their season is falling apart. I wouldn't assume. Eric, when we told you to tighten up your content, we didn't mean go from Eric in Castle Rock to Eric in the Rock. Just like that doesn't mean, oh, I get it, Rome. Signed Eric. Still not what I mean, Eric. Oh, I get it, Rome. Signed E. I meant tighten up your phone calls, dude. The rock gloss is pretty awful. Hey, Van Sizzle. Sad news about D. Watson. Based on all that he has overcome, he is definitely America's QB. Signed Jim Harbaugh and Michigan Man. It's a refund. That's well played. You should sign that. Somebody did not sign that. You should own that. That was good. This one is directed to you, Jack. Hey, Jack Savage. Insert Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Why? Signed the female physical therapist who is assigned to rub massage Watson's shoulder down. Signed V in the fee. War Rudy Gobert getting more choked up than Sharon Mourn. It's not bad, V. For you. Hey, Rome Slice. Jack Savage, hour one. Plays a few successfully time drops. Jack Savage, hour three. Playing the adult alarm, Toby in Houston drops, and the BISP call. Geoff and Lincoln. Geoff, that was one of your better efforts. Geoff, if I'm going to crack you every single day, and deservedly so, on that off chance that you get off with something fairly nice, but really nice for you, I've got no problem giving you credit. It's the whole premise of the show. Those who deserve to get slapped will, and those who deserve to get credit and shine and run will. Good job. Savage, man. It's like Alvy's is still here. Good job. Good effort. G off. All right, still ahead. Willie Fritz. Like I said, those who deserve credit will get credit. Willie Fritz has done an amazing job with the Tulane program. And I've got the numbers to bear that out. He'll join us at the top of hour number three. Second hour is wide open. But then again, maybe not. Who knows what Savage will do by hour number two. He will be a real Savage by hour number two. Stop yelling at me, Jack. Alvin's not here today. Who knows why? It's a day of procreation. It's a day of rest. I don't know. 
Alvin, Alvin gonna Alvin. But he's not here. That's why Jack Savage is on the board. I've got KJ Wright coming up next via Zoom. But first, here's the sports update. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. So we'll get your telephone calls in momentarily. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome, live in SoCal. As promised, we are joined right now by a former NFL linebacker. He played 11 years in the league, 10 of them with the Seattle Seahawks, played his college ball at Mississippi State, won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks in 2014, a Pro Bowler in 2016. He's got a podcast, among many other things. We are joined right now by K.J. Wright. K.J., great to get caught up for the first time since January when you and I last spoke. How you living, man? What's new with you? Doing well, man. Yeah, like you mentioned, I got my podcast, KJ All Day. Y'all check me out. And uh, life is good. And the great Pacific Northwest here in Seattle. My boys are 6-3, and three, so we're rolling. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm going to ask you about that podcast in a minute. Let me get your thoughts first on the big story this morning. Deshaun Watson undergoing season-ending surgery on his shoulder. How devastating a blow is that to the Browns? And where do they go from here? This is a heartbreaker. You just look at this Cleveland Browns football team. Finally, you guys have arrived. Finally, you guys are in prime position to make the playoffs and actually make some noise. And for Deshaun Watson, the guy that you've given up three first-round draft picks, a guy that you paid top dollars, this is just a really, really big letdown for Kevin Stefanski and just for this real, you know, for this Cleveland Browns fan base. And so the biggest question is, what is going to be the move going forward? What's going to be our identity as a football team? This defense, as great as you guys have been, you guys got to tap into a new mindset and take this thing to a new level. For P.J. Walker, you're surrounded by some guys that can play some football. You got a phenomenal offensive line. You got some running backs that can make some noise, but um, just manage the game. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to force it. Run the football. Be phenomenal with the play action and screen game and really trust your defense. And so it won't be pretty. It's going to be ugly. But I truly believe that with great leadership, with this defense, that they can some way, some, somehow find a way to get 10, 11 wins and get into the playoffs. KJ Wright joining us. All right, KJ, last time you and I spoke, we talked about Russell Wilson. And we talked about how he wrapped up his disastrous first season in Denver. Now your former teammate in the Broncos have won three in a row. How much better does he look to you right now? And what's been the biggest difference for him? He is using his legs. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. This is the Russell Wilson that I like to see. Last year with Nathaniel Hackett, Russ was just, you know, trying to beat teams from the pocket, trying to do a lot of three-step, five-step drops. When you saw Russ this past Monday Night Football, he was elusive. He ran, he took off running and just making a beautiful play, as you see, to the back of the end zone to Courtland Sutton there. This is what made him great. When you talk about let Russ cook, the man was simply using his legs. And so I'm glad that him and Sean Payton have finally gotten this thing figured out. He looks energetic. He looks excited. He looks leaner. And so um, this 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 uh, personality from Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, a lot of people didn't think they would gel well together. But I love to see Russ excited and happy. And this Broncos team is really looking good these past few weeks. They are. K.J. Wright joining us. All right, so you mentioned the Pacific Northwest. What about the Seahawks? Geno Smith is coming off a big game. In fact, his best game ever, statistically, a career-high 369 yards in that win over the Commanders. You know, the offense has been up and down this year. Do you think that Geno found something in that Washington game to get him and that offense back on track to set up a strong end to the season? 
in the last two drives he did. I'm, I'm going to be honest. From the first quarter to the third, it was you know a lot of field goals. Uh, wasn't converting well on third down. And just the vibe here in the city, you would think that we are three and sixteen. Um, everyone's everyone's looking for the Geno from last year. They're looking for more consistency, more big time plays. And um, can he play better? Absolutely. But let me tell you, it's all about wins and losses. It's all about finding a way to put yourself in a position to own this division, as Coach Carroll loves to speak about. And so he is figuring it out. He is becoming um, more explosive down the in towards the end of the game. But I'm telling you, Jim, we're about to play the Rams. We're about to play the Niners, Cowboys, the Eagles. We're about to go through a gauntlet here in this football season. If we want to have a chance to get into the playoffs, Geno Smith has got to be A1. He's got to be that guy that we all saw last year, that Pro Bowl-type quarterback, because we're playing some really tough opponents. And it starts with him. Defense is doing that thing, but Geno Smith got to protect the ball as we go down this gauntlet of a, of a football season. K.J. Wright joining us. Let me just jump over to something else, K.J. You know, the further we get away from that Legion of Boom era, the more the legend, the more the lore, the more the whole thing grows. Like, as you look back as part of that thing, what made that unit so unique, so iconic? Like, was it pure talent? Was it swagger? Or was it something else? It, it was on personalities, Jim. <laughs> you just look at a Richard Sherman. And when he came on the scene, like when we ran out of the tunnel, every guy had their celebration. I was shooting my webs. Cam Chancellor was doing his gavel when he's pounding his hand. Bobby Wagner was flexing his muscle. Earl Thomas, you know, we were just one of a kind. We were trendsetters. And uh, we haven't seen anything remote. Now, I'm not going to say that. The Niners are kind of close to us. But we, for sure, the number one defense in the NFL for four years straight. For four years straight, we was the number one scoring defense in the NFL. And uh, we were smart as heck. Uh, we played hard. Guys was healthy for, for, most of, um, for most of their careers. And so just the personality, just the swagger, and just how smart we were on the football field. When we played uh, Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, we was out there calling these guys plays out before they even snapped the ball. And um, you saw the rest was history with that. And so um, definitely um, trendsetters of that time. And we were rock stars, man. Yeah, you were rock stars. And like I said, the thing just grows and grows. The legend, as the years go by, like when you have huge personalities like that and everybody's their own kind of leader and you've got so many great playmakers, like how did you divvy up that leadership? And would you consider any one of those guys the heart and soul of that unit? How did it work? Well, the heart and soul. If there was going to be a guy, the guy, it was number 31, Cam Chancellor. Mm. He, he was the one. He was the one that everyone respected. He was the voice. He was he put the boom in Legion of Boom. That that's what Cam Chancellor was. And so he was the captain for all those years there. And whenever there was a problem, whenever something needed to be figured out, we all went to number 31. And whatever he said, whatever he said goes. And so um, you know, but all those guys, like Bobby, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, Sherm Earl, uh, Cliff Averill, like all these guys were so talented. But what we did well was we knew how much we loved each other. And at the end of the day, we have any problems. Let's talk it out. Let's fight it out sometimes. But at the end of the day, when we step on the football field, we'll go play as one unit. Kid, you know what that tells me? I mean, you guys were awesome, but chemistry matters, doesn't it? Anybody who says that chemistry doesn't matter doesn't have chemistry. Chemistry matters. <laughs> Chemistry is everything. I mean, chemistry is everything. There was times when I stepped on the football field, I could just look at Bobby. I didn't have to say a word. I could just look at him and point at something, and he would give me the thumbs up and be like, I got you, bro. 
And what we did was we really loved each other off the football field. We would have linebacker night. The defensive guys would get together. Russell Wilson one year took us all out to Hawaii. And we spent time as a team. Like, just the, the bond that we had. We just celebrated our 10-year reunion this past year. And we didn't miss a beat, man. We just love each other like no other. We, um, we, we, our mentality, our mindset, when we step on the football field was something special. And you talk about Coach Carroll and um, letting us be ourselves. That chemistry fully displayed on the football field. KJ, you see what Marshawn said recently on another podcast. He was going on about Coach Carroll and like oh, he's like, bro. dude, I just want to go out there and crack heads. But by the time he was done talking, I didn't want to crack anybody's head. Like, man, stop talking. Like, he, Pete Carroll's energy is insane, dude. For a guy his age, I got to give it up to him. Would he fire you up or would he wear you out or both? No, he would, he would fire us up. He, it, Coach Carroll was not the wear you down, like harp on you, beat you up type of coach. That was not him at no, all. No, I just mean his energy, he was dude. Mr. Positive. I, the, was, I don't mean beat you down, like beat oh. you down with negativity. I mean, having too much energy can wear guys out. <laughs> oh, hell no. There's no such thing as that. <laughs> not not, not here in Seattle. Just uh, his energy was just so contagious, and he brought it every single day. He brought it every single practice. In practice, if you come and watch our Seahawks practice, each drill, he runs from the zero, the zero yard line, the goal line, to the opposite goal line every single period. Every single practice, this is what Coach Carroll's doing. And um, you have no choice but to hustle. You have no choice but to play hard. You have no choice but to play with enthusiasm when you put on that Seahawks uniform. So for a guy that's 70-plus, been doing this thing for 14, 15 years, always in the playoffs, um, like you see, NFL all-decades team, it only makes sense. And um, just his leadership style. You have all these personalities in the building, a Marshawn, a Richard Sherman. Like, these are some dudes that you have to really manage. And um, he mastered it. He figured it out. And he's standing the test of time. All right. So, KJ, you clearly are built for the content game. We talked about your podcast, KJ, all day. For those who have not heard it, how are you approaching that pod? Like, is it Seahawks-centric or do you open that thing up and talk about anything and everything? So I started the podcast because it is our 10-year reunion this year. And so I want to capture my guy's story. I brought on Golden Tate, brought on Jermaine Curtis, Brandon Meebang. So I want to capture our story and really explain to people how special we were. And so we hit that this offseason. But right now, we're talking everything. We're talking Eagles, Niners, Bills, Patriots, Bill Belichick, Josh Allen. We're on the whole enchilada. And so for a guy that played 11 years in the NFL, I like to think I know what I'm talking about. And so, um, yeah, we film twice a week. I break down film. I just broke down Geno Smith this past game. And so I'm, I love football. I'm a football junkie. And so for the fans, they're loving it so far. We're just getting started. Good for you, dude. I like it. I like it a lot. Really quickly, you played for the Raiders. So I want your thoughts on that. They've got back-to-back wins. How much of that success and the vibe changing was just getting Josh McDaniels out of the building? And how much of that is about Antonio Pierce pushing the right buttons and restoring that Raider pride? Jim, listen, I was there. In 2021, I was there when John Gruden left and Rich Passaccia became the interim head coach. I was like, okay, this guy led us to the playoffs. He got everyone on the same page. Hire the guy. And then he bring in Josh McDaniels. I'm like, what the world is Mark Davis doing? So, Mark Davis, do the whole Raiders Nation a favor and just hire Antonio Pierce once the season in. The guys are bought in. The guys believe in him. He's a phenomenal leader. He knows what he's doing. He's a Super Bowl winning linebacker. He's going to get that culture back that you want um, over there in Vegas. And so please don't overthink it. Please don't try to bring in this next guru of a coordinator. Just stay where you are. Just stay right there with Antonio Pierce. I love them guys smoking cigars after the game and just having fun on the football field. 
Um, and so they're figuring it out over there in Raider Nation. I just love to see it because I just hope Mark Davis make the right decision and make him the next full-time head coach. Man, they seem so miserable, dude, didn't they? And the joy is back. These guys are having victory stogies, back-to-back wins. I mean, granted, only over the New York <laughs> yeah. teams, but a dub's a dub. You take it any way you can get it. He played 11 years in the league and 10 of them with the Seahawks. He's got a great podcast. He is K.J. Wright. My dude, great job, K.J. Great insight, great energy, as always. You show up the way you always do, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for that. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir, K.J. Wright. Love it. I love the way he's approaching his content, too. So he's got a podcast. He said we film twice a week. I've seen his setup. It's a really nice setup. And he's approaching it like a pro. Good stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Raider Nation. He said, hey, Mark Davis, you've got your coach already. Only two games in, K.J. Wright's like, they got their guy. They got their guy. Do not look for the next offensive guru. You have your guy. You have Antonio Pierce. You have a Super Bowl winning linebacker. They're bought in. He's the guy to restore the pride. I don't know that I can go that far just yet, but there's no doubt, man. He has flipped that culture on its head in two weeks. All right, so my thanks to K.J. Wright. Second hour is wide open. When we come back, I want to get into fight night in the association. Who knew that in-season tournament would be so awesome? Who knew that the players even knew that there was an in-season tournament? That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere.